What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's your boy Ant Wright with Michigan State of Mind. I am your host. Thank you so much for coming in. Today we got something special. As you guys saw on Twitter, we are doing a 100% mailbag. And I am super excited about that because I am just going to talk about the stuff that you guys want to talk about. No matter what that is, I will try to address it to my, like, to my utmost capabilities. So... Here we go. All right, we got Anthony Huey. Huey24 asks, any similarities in the Louisville game and the Texas Tech game last year as far as what they were doing to Michigan defensively? Um, no, uh, I, re- I really didn't see the similarities. Um, what I did see with Louisville was a team who was dead set on stopping Xavier Simpson. Like That was number one. Like, that was their number one goal, was to stop him because he's the head of the snake, and that was the goal. Last year, um, you know, they were they were a very good defending team last year, and they defended the wings very, very good. They're, they're um, the Italian dude from Texas Tech, like, like he couldn't really D up. Like, that, that really wasn't his job. Mooney, too, like, like – Defensively, he was okay, but that really wasn't his thing. They were really good from the uh, from the three and the five spots in terms of defense. A um, little bit different here with this team. Uh, both defended well, um, but they were very, very different. All right, Ian Unsworth, at I Unsworth underscore eight. Uh, Asked, is Xavier Simpson's inability to shoot off the bounce going to continue to hurt Michigan throughout the season? Or was Louisville's pick-and-roll defense just too good for U of M? Really good question. Um, I think the issue here was that when Simpson was attacking, you had three guys just kind of standing there, nobody else moving. I think there was just – there was – in that type of situation, you can't really go with too much two-man action. If you go with too much two-man action, that means that you have three defenders who are always eyeing the ball, and you have three guys who are eyeing the big who's either going to slip or going to pop, and it's much easier to just scramble out of that. Um, but there was way too much standing around with the three guys. Two-man game is fine, but those other three guys, or just two of those guys, they 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 have to move, and they have to move, and they have to do, whether it's a decoy or whether you're coming off a staggered or something. Um, 
those three guys have to move. And they started to do something like that in the last several minutes, but it, but the, the uh, deficit was just too great um, to overcome, unfortunately. Good question, though. Wanted to get to a Michigan State question here. Uh, John asked, at John underscore zero 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 two. He said, can you talk about Aaron Henry? Seems to have digressed his sophomore year. Haven't really seen much of that in Izzo's tenure. What could be some reasons? Um, I've actually argued with, uh, with Michigan State fans quite a bit when it comes to uh, development from the wing position. Uh, from my standpoint, I just don't see a lot of wing development with Izzo overall. Um, but and when it comes to Aaron Henry, it's really like his dynamic is really interesting. Um, I tweeted the other day that like, like he's always arguing with the, with the uh, coaching staff and people are like, well, he's just trying to coach him up, blah, blah, blah. Like I get that. But like, <laughs> like, like they're always arguing, like always, like dead ball <laughs> during the game. When when Henry comes out, they're always arguing about something. Um, but against Duke, you know Henry is you know on some sites they have him as a late first round, early second round pick, and. I don't know if the staff is trying to keep him humble. Like, you can't be that type of talent with zero shots in the first half. There's something wrong. Like, there's something internally wrong, and I don't and I don't know what it is. You can't have Rocket Watts shoot the ball seven or eight times and Aaron Henry shoot the ball twice, zero times in the first half. That that's it's more than just. It's more than just, you know, talent because he's a very talented kid. He's very talented. And I think that, you know, I think Izzo does demand more of him. But from my from my opinion, I could be off base. I could be wrong. But just from watching games, there is a dynamic issue um, between Aaron Henry and in my opinion, between Aaron Henry and the coaching staff. Like, he played, like, 20, 21 minutes against Duke. Like, that's not weird to you guys? I mean, 20, 21 minutes in a game where there's all this hype around it. It is, one, it's a big-time matchup that's been circled and been talked about, like, for like ever, like ever since they announced that this was the matchup, like it's been talked about. Then the Vernon Carey thing goes down, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't wait to work. We're gonna be on his head this whole time." And then Draymond announces his jersey's gonna be retired, and then Steve Kerr announces he's gonna be there, and then you know, there's so much going around this game. You would expect a guy like Aaron Henry to play 30, 35 minutes, shoot the ball 10 to 15 times. But it was like like he was treated like he was a role player. And uh, I'm not sure why that was. I'm like, like I'm not sh- – he was being guarded by a true freshman too. 
who's 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 very suspect on defense. I don't know what it is. Uh, I am going to continue to monitor it and look at it. I am. You and I are are on the same page, John. Um, there's something going on there, and I'm going to pay attention, pay a little bit more attention to it. Uh, it's been a weird thing, super weird. He's still one of the better players, um, but it is an anomaly right now and that I have to pay more attention to. And I'm going to start doing that against Rutgers here coming up. Uh, question from balance underscore focus. Uh, is Foster going to be okay? He should be fine. He should be fine. That was a really funny sequence. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, he should be fine. Division one basketball player. He's fine. You know, those things happen to a lot of people. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, they don't always happen in like a prime time game like that. Like like I've been in in an embarrassing situation be before, but there were ten people in the gym. I was fifteen years old, you know. So uh, PT at Kings King Asian One King Asian O N E. I think it is. Is Michigan State a top 25 team without Cassius Winston? With him, they are one of the top teams in the country. I'm not really understanding that question. Um, so to, you know, to, to kind of answer, uh, Michigan State a top team without Cassius Winston? Um, they're probably borderline without Cassius. And with Cassius, I mean, they're going to be better team kind of confusing uh jake Pitraga. sorry if i didn't pronounce your name correctly uh do the high minutes for wagner say more about howard's belief in him or his lack of belief in the guys behind him in my opinion i think it's howard having more belief in wagner um maybe a little bit of both but but more so with the high belief in him. Uh, and Wagner needs as many minutes as possible. And, <laughs> I mean, he's getting his feet all the way wet right now. Usually guys like this and true freshmen, like his first game was Iowa State. Like he has not played a non-power school yet. You know, so, and that's not going to be a thing until December, end of December 14th. When they play Lowell or Presbyterian, and I think that's when you're going to see him finally settle down just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's more so of Howard's belief in him, uh, more so than Howard doubting the guys coming off the uh, bench, because Howard hasn't been afraid to kind of get a little deep on the bench. Um, I think he's pretty much sold on going eight deep. Uh, I do wish, like on road games like this, I do wish that in the future they do go about nine, maybe ten, but like nine deep, just to keep guys fresh for the second half. They didn't sub at all for the first ten minutes, and that was uh, that was that was very very strange in my opinion. Jordan Demat at J D E M A A T ninety seven. 
What do you think about Eli Brooks and his hot start to the year minus the Louisville game? Hey, said it once, I'll say it again, man. D Division one players, they're all good. Like, divisional players, they are all good players. It all comes down to does your team need you? Does your team need you to shoot the ball and make shots? And do your coaches trust you? Right now, it's both of those. You know, he's always had this. Like, you know, he had a Villanova offer. Jay Wright very rarely misses on point guards. And Jay Wright wanted Eli Brooks. And, you know, you saw in the Bahamas flashes of, you know, who he can be on this team. He could be like a Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman type, just a silent killer. Uh, he's not going to be on the first page of the scouting re report, but he's that guy who's going to, you know, you, you kind of notice him throughout the game, but not really. Then you look at the, the uh, box score, and he had 11, 12 points, three or four rebounds, two or, th two or three assists, and like one or two steals. Um, really, really good. I mean, I expected, fully expected him to uh, come on at some point. And I, and I was arguing with a bunch of y'all last year about, you know, there was, you know, saying all this stuff about he's – this and he's that like he really has not gotten an opportunity until this year like yes he did play in games but i'm telling you playing playing basketball and continuing to look at the look at the table every time there's a stoppage of play or you hear a buzzer is poisonous man because i've i've been there I have been there. You know, there were there there were stretches in the season where I was in the game and I would hear the buzzer. I knew I wasn't coming out. I was playing 25, 30 minutes a game. I'm not coming out for any reason. But there were other times when I knew I had a much shorter leash. And every time that buzzer sounded, I'm looking at I'm looking at the table. Like it is so hard to operate like that. And that was Brooks all of last year. That was the Julius all of last year. So what they're doing, even the Julius too, I'll I'll tie him into it. What they're doing right now um, is not a surprise whatsoever. If the coaching staff has that confidence in you, if your teammates have that confidence in you and expect you to go out there and hoop, you know, hoop it up, you know, you're gonna do really, really good things. Uh, Alec Geese. Please tell me if I'm saying your name right. Uh, do you think Michigan is still one alpha away this year? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I think David DeJulius can be that guy. Uh, I think Livers can be that guy. I think Wagner can be that guy as well, too. Um, you know, you know. I saw in that game, I saw guys who were hungry to make shots at the end. They just weren't falling. Like, basketball looks so much better when the ball goes in. So I don't think they're missing that alpha, that takeover player this year. We'll see what happens when the game is super close. We, we haven't had a close game yet, really. Um, every game has been pretty much a, a blowout. Uh, Iowa State, pretty much a blowout. Um, UNC, blowout. Gonzaga, blowout. Louisville, couldn't buy a bucket. Pretty much a, kind of a blowout loss by uh, 15 there. But um, I do not think that they're in the same situation as last year. I do think last year's team was a little bit more more talented than this year's team. I think this year's Michigan team is 
much more well-rounded in terms of guys in the right roles. And they have the perfect amount of depth. And um, and they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Uh, ask me that same question like beginning of February. But right now, I just I don't see that being an issue. All right, we got Luke and Granville at Cullen Luke. Any type of recruiting news would be nice. Yeah, rec- recruiting has been has been a bit silent. Usually, you'll you'll have a bit of silence, especially in November. It's feast week. You know, there's a lot of games, and we just had national you know signing day, and guys had their NLIs in, and so it's a little bit of like a dead period type of deal. But um, I fully expect Hunter Dickinson to commit to Michigan. I think his I think his girlfriend already committed. She's like a track star. Um, fully expect him to come to Michigan. Outside of that, I have to see if any people end up transferring or leaving or if, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to process Austin Davis after this year. That's going to be interesting because um, if that happens, if you look at the um, at the recruits that are available right now, there's really not a lot of top recruits left. If there is a top recruit left, they're either going pro or they've already got their their you know top four, top five set. Um, so they could go the grad transfer route, which I won't be surprised. Um, but for what position, though? I mean, you're going to have David DeJulius coming back. You're going to have Zeb coming in. You're going to have Brooks back. You're going to have Livers back. Probably going to have Franz back. Um, going to have a big somewhere. You're, you're going to have Isaiah Todd. It's going to be pretty crowded and cluttered. So that's going to be pretty interesting on how they try to attack that. Did Michigan run any set plays yesterday? They did, yeah, they did. But the only set plays that they really ran are basically beeline stuff, um, or they did like a like a pick and roll dive, then a roll and replace with the four man, which is pretty basic. But nothing, nothing crazier or or, uh, or too complex. Bam, Bam Grodel. Uh, how long until you think the offensive results will show up for, for uh, Franz? He's been really good on the defensive end, but the shots haven't been falling out the rim or from outside. Good question. They, they can come at any point in time now. Uh, you'll have to see how he's practicing. Um, like, like I'm looking at Presbyterian and UMass Lowell. It's really hard. It's really hard to, to you know get going against these really good teams. Like you need to go against these teams who are like they're not these elite teams, but they're also not a chair. You know? So like right between like UMass Lowell, Presbyterian, those are perfect games for him to get his feet under him. Um to you know, Joe at the team, get his chemistry going, and get his bounce back, and all that. He's a really good player offensively. He hasn't he he has not shown it yet, but you see flashes of what he's capable of. But he's just like losing the ball here, losing the ball there, a little bit off balance here and there. You can still see the rust, but um, it, it'll get there. You just got to stay extremely patient. 
All right, Andy Mullet at Andy Mullet. Uh, last night's game was the first time the ball screen game got mostly shut down, causing us to look lost in the half court. Yet there didn't seem to be many adjustments. Concern or fluke? Uh, definitely a concern. That was not a fluke whatsoever. Um, I've mentioned before, if you guys are on my, uh, you know, if you guys are in my like mixer streamer, you guys like on the on the mixer stream. Uh, I've talked about this where the offense is very, very basic. It's not complex at all. It's very, very basic concepts, and it allows guys to play pretty free. The issue with the Louisville game, in contrast to the Atlantis games, is that they play North Carolina and Gonzaga on no days of scouting. Uh, they play Louisville with three or four days of scout, um, and then you have a basic offense like Unless you're just out talenting them and you're really crisp with your execution, uh, you're you're gonna have a hard time. So the main issue, as I brought this up earlier, is the off-ball movement is not very very good right now. When they're in their two-man game, when they're in their two-man game, and you know Louisville brought out a really strong hedge and they tried to counter it. Uh, I remember going over this because they totally botched it where, you know, Xavier Simpson's coming off a high ball screen and that Louisville guy was hedging super hard. He snapped the ball over really quick to the opposite wing, and then they try to get the ball over top. Then it would have been a two-on-one situation. Um, but the execution was just, was just not there. So it was a great drawn-up play, but it looked like they hadn't really worked on it in practice to get their timing down. That's something that that you may see going forward, but it's definitely a concern. It was not a fluke. Um, it's very very basic, and I've you know I've said it before. Like they have they have good concepts, but they need to continue to they have to continue to get counters from that from these concepts um, and ways to take advantage of scouting. So if a scout sees the play going one way, you got to have counters, you got to have quote unquote audibles um, to take full advantage of the way that they're um, guarding you, whether it's off screens, whether it's how they're diving, whether how we're popping, anything like that, there should be a counter for pretty much everything. Score rain, score rain underscore. Uh, do you think that Julius should see time in the starting lineup because he seems to be one of the best players for penetrating the defense. Uh, I don't I mean. I wouldn't mind it. Usually I would say that, you know, you know, starting doesn't matter as long as you have good starts. Michigan really hasn't had a good start in four games now. Uh, they didn't have a good start against Iowa State. They didn't have a good start against UNC. Um I don't think they had a good start against Gonzaga. I'd have to double check that. Um, but they haven't had really good starts lately. So um, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind it, but I wouldn't mind them playing the same minutes that they are. DeJulia's coming off the bench with nine minutes left in the first half was kind of weird. Uh, I thought that um, DeJulia's played really well in Atlantis, uh, when he was coming in the game, 
you know, five, six, seven minutes in roughly, not 11 minutes in. That was pretty strange. Um, I think the coaching staff got a little tight with their lineup way too early, um, especially when guys aren't hitting. There were two for 17, like get some fresh guys in there. But, but yeah, I, I do think the, the, the Julius is going to need a better opportunity for sure. Um, more of an opportunity that I think he can really be more aggressive. But this year, his efficiency has been a lot higher, um, way higher than last year. Last year, he was super confident, but kind of like a chicken with his head cut off. <laughs> this year, he's super confident, but he has like contained chaos. Slipping Jimmy at Jim 402-39579. Should we be worried about our bigs next year with Teske leaving and no set player to fill in? Johns and Castleton both look lost on both sides of, of, of the court and are super soft with the ball. Also still a possibility that Todd goes overseas. Um, there's always a possibility that Todd can go overseas, yes. Should we be worried about the bigs next year with Teske leaving? You know, Teske is going to leave a huge hole. I understand that. Um, Castleton and Johns, they have a full season to kind of get ready to take that next step. Um, but they're going to be juniors next year, so their roles are going to expand the same exact way that Brooks's role expanded from his sophomore to junior year. So I think they're totally fine. If you've seen the way that Castleton and you've seen the way that Johns can really, really hoop, you know, you wouldn't ask that. Like, like they are really good ball players. All they need is a little bit of, a lot of bit of confidence. Um, big shot of confidence. And some responsibility, too. I think right now they're depending on the upperclassmen to, to kind of carry the team. Once those guys start to leave, they'll take on that personality. So I think they'll be okay. And Kyle Walney, K underscore Wall Nation 3. Does Brandon Johns deserve minutes outside of getting outside of guys getting in serious foul trouble? I could be wrong, but he doesn't seem to do anything well. Can't dribble, can't shoot, looks scared with the ball, can't defend. Um, he can dribble, he can shoot. Um, that, that goes kind of back to my last answer. You know, I think some of the sophomores, especially, you know, Castleton and, you know, Johns, they're really depending on the upperclassmen to do their thing. And Johns and Castleton are kind of just, you know, sitting back in their, in their uh, roles. Uh, Johns has done well on the on the uh, defensive end. I wish he was given more of a, more of a responsibility, whether it's from the coaching staff or the guys on the court, to do more on offense. Like I've seen this dude block a shot or pin the shot against the backboard, cross up an entire team, and then hit a three from like twenty five feet. From like twenty five feet, like dude is good. Don't get it, like, don't get it twisted. Like, dude is good, good. Dude can really, really hoop. It's just a matter of, you know, confidence right now. And, you know, he can play. He can play. Um, I, re I remember, you know, saying the same things about DJ Wilson, and people tweeted at me like I was crazy. Like, he, like this dude can play. But... But, you know, he's he needs that extra shot of confidence from the coaches and his teammates to take his game to another level. Once that happens, the team goes to another level, too. So, 
He'll be all right, trust me. He'll be all right. Colin McKnight, uh, at Colin McKnight 37. Do you think it's time for MSU to be concerned about the lack of three-point scoring outside of Winston? Did you see any long-term issues for Michigan? Uh, let's do the MSU question first. So, concerned about the lack of three-point shooting outside of Winston. My favorite lineup is Cassius, Gay Brown, Aaron Henry, Malik Hall, and Tillman. That's my favorite lineup um, because that's the one that gets Cassius and Tillman. Like, teams can't really choke as much. As long as Malik is making shots, teams can't choke and bother penetration and they can't um, you know, bother the ball as much and they can't clog the lane as much either. Um, a lot of the wrong guys taking shots. Like, Rocco Watts had seven or eight shots against Duke. Aaron Henry had two and zero in the first half. Just just a lot of the wrong guys are, are, uh, are shooting the ball. Um, everybody wants to be a scorer. Everybody wants to, you know, you know, shooting is not an equal opportunity. You know what I mean? Um, they just have the wrong shooters right now. I think they'll fix it. They'll fix it as the season goes, and they have a really good opportunity here in the next six games where they should win all six and be, um, they should be 11 and three when they host Michigan. Uh, on I believe January fifth, so right up, so in about a month, in about a month. And uh, did you see any long term issues for Michigan? My only long term issue that they need to get done, I brought it up in this episode, is they need more movement off the ball. Um, the issue is like they come down, they cross half court, and there's like no movement. And there's like standing around already. That did happen at times with Beeline, but so like so much movement already happened already. The backside defense is is still engaged with whatever action they were just in or they're currently in. So those guys couldn't cheat all the way down and come all the way down and just and just eye what's going on in the uh, two-man game. So they need to change that a little bit. They need more. They just need more movement. They need more movement off the ball. Two-man game is great. It's a great concept. But you can't go right into a two-man game with three guys just looking and staring because then the defense can now, you know, choke hard on what's going on with the uh, two-man action. Uh, Bryson Jackson, at Bryson Jackson asks who does Jawan sign at guard in this recruiting class well Zeb Jackson you know Zeb can play on the ball off the ball this class I'm not really concerned about guards I think the 2021 class um, is the one that we should you know we should really be looking at guards because then you know you have DeJoyes is going to be a junior next year right uh, Brooks is going to be a senior and Zeb's going to be a freshman. So you have two upperclassmen guards. You know They're going to need someone in that 2021 class who can really, really go. Who can really, really go. And I think they found, they did find a dude. I believe his name is like 
his name was like Christian Lander or something. Um, this kid out of Indiana. He's 2021, number one point guard in the country. Um, top 15 player. Like he's he's like legit. He's like a legit, like, like he can go, go, go. Right now, um, Crystal Balls have him to Michigan. It's like half, you know, 50% to Michigan, 25% to Indiana. But, you know, right now the the uh, three schools are Louisville, Michigan, and Indiana. So, so look at the guard class in 2021. This one... This one, not so much. This one, you really need a big. Um, that's why they got Hunter Dickinson. And they're going to need, like, a power forward. So this is more like a front court type of class. And having, you know, Zeb is perfect, too. So they're they're fine right now. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit different next year. Uh, Mike V971, time to slow the Jawan hype train. I saw zero adjustments at halftime. Well, first of all, anyone who has any hype train um, is just a pure homer. Uh, I mean, you like you're just setting this dude up like just to trash him later. Like just just you know just let him rock. Right now he has. Talented upperclassmen who have played in a national championship. His cupboard was full and leaking out. It was not bare. He has experience. He's had successful experience. You know, he you know, he has guys who have won 30 games, been to Final Fours. I mean, let him let him do his thing. Any, anybody who is hype trading Jawan are going to be the culprits of why if something goes bad, you guys are going to jump on them, and then I'm going to have to cuss y'all out for it. Because that's just not that's just not fair to him. Just let him, just you know, let him rock. Just let him rock, and he'll be all right. Um, this this game was a little bit different due to the, the fact that, you know, the sub pattern was very, very different than what I've seen so far this year. This the sub pattern was a little bit weird and I think that uh the staff didn't trust it and didn't stick with it and they kind of got a little tight when things got tight. And that's not a that's not a, a good sign, but I think after watching the film they'll realize that. They did make some adjustments at halftime. Uh, they did start to press a little bit um, just to get the game going a little bit faster. And then I wish they had made these changes quicker, but they did make a change around six, seven, eight minutes left where they started having actions with three guys and two shooters, one on each side, which... Um, which allowed Michigan to get you know better shots, better shot selection, but you know what can he do when you shoot twenty five percent from the field and like what like eleven or twelve percent from you know three? I mean you you come in number two in the country from the field, number ten in the country from three. I mean, and then and then you lay an egg like that, you know. 
how much of that is on coaching and how much is that on the guys just not making shots? And anyone saying that their, their legs were tired, don't listen to them. You have three days, 72 hours. Division one basketball players, they are not tired. Trust me. I actually have a Duke question. Eston Carl, at Eston underscore Carl, give Baker all of Jack White's minutes, correct? <laughs> I'm not a fan of Jack White, not going to lie. Um, I do I mean, I mean, do think that he's like a glueish guy. Honestly, I think he should take some of Wendell Moore's minutes because that dude, like, what is he doing? You know, All-American 6'6 dude. He looks like a like a basketball player, but I mean, Joey Baker, he should take some of Wendell's minutes before he takes, you know, White's. Cause at least Jack will at least get, get on the floor and he'll dive and he'll, he'll do all the little things. He'll do all the, you know, people are going to laugh, but all the grit and all that stuff. That's what Jack White is. He's a big, he's a big glue guy, but Wendell Moore, what, like, you know, what is he doing outside of looking like, a basketball player. Baker should take his minutes. High key. Like the highest of keys. But. Yo. Thank you for all your questions. That was like. What? Like 30. 34. 35 minutes worth. I appreciate it you guys. As you guys know. I'm always down to, to save you guys money. And I do that via SeatGeek. I have a partnership with SeatGeek. You put in my promo code. AntWright. You will save $20 on any purchase uh, to any concert, any event, any game. NBA season is here. NCAA basketball is here. Bowl season is here. Um, hockey is here. You can use it for any type of event, any concert, anything. Um, even if you use it once, you can like finagle it and like do like a different email and you know use it again. But promo code AntWright. Uh, SeatGeek app, download it, use it. I'll save y'all about $20. Thank you again for listening in. I'll talk to y'all soon, man. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support because we know you have people depending on you so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.